that start with just taking a few moments of checking in. The in-breath dropping into the body, sliding into the body, just noticing what you bring with you from the break. How is it for you to be here right now? And with the in-breath, embracing, allowing, <coughs> noticing. And then with the out-breath, letting go of doing, so that you slowly shift into the being mode, just being here. Sliding and resting. Your mind is open. But you emphasize the sensations in your body. With the in-breath, dropping into the body, dropping from the head into the body, so the entanglement of that entanglement with the thoughts start to relax. And with the out-breath, if possible, you release tension in the belly and the solar plexus in the shoulders. And if you get entangled with your thoughts, you drop back into the body, neither suppressing nor indulging in the thinking. When you add the practice of labeling, you will just label thinking, returning to the breath. Then we will introduce the mantra into this meditation, the in and out breath, 
can either just listening or you repeat it yourself in your own voice. Just notice what happens in your body. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. So with the in-breath embracing, with the out-breath giving space, I am enough. I am enough. So with the in-breath, the whole body is breathing. Feel the aliveness in your whole body. I am enough. So a mantra like this is also a method of protecting your mind. So when you notice that you get caught into other stories, you just say, I am enough. Dropping into your body, I am enough. And with the out-breath, relaxing. I am enough. Notice if there's resistance, maybe something comes forward where you don't feel that you are good enough. And even if that doesn't make sense or you don't believe it, just say it. I am enough. I am enough. You can also 
find a Swedish equivalent. I am enough. Another way to do this is to kind of step outside of you and see yourself sitting here in the chair. And then with the most loving voice, you say to yourself, you are enough. As if you are Jesus or the Dalai Lama. And you say to yourself, you are enough. You are enough. Notice if when you say I am enough or you are enough, if there's some relief or some letting go happening. If not, that's also fine. I am enough. So are there any questions, comments, doubts, something you struggled with the last two weeks, or something which is not clear, or some problem which arise, or anything which uh, came up for you this uh, evening or last evening? I yeah. wonder about um, the pause between mm. um, out breath mm -hmm. and the new, the, mm -hmm. the new in, mm -hmm. in breath. Uh, there is so much time. So uh, in that time, a uh, lots of things are happening, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I I don't know how to. Um, um, to hold the, the, the stable attention mm -hmm. in that pause. I read in um, uh, The Mind Illuminated, mm. he, he proposed that you could put in a 
you could count mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there. Yes. But that is, um, I can't do that forever. Uh, no. Is there anything else? Uh, for now, uh, counting would be a good, uh, a, a good, um, a good technique. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, later, uh, you have at one point, you have to let let go of the counting. So that would be one of the example of a, uh, an antidote which you use, but at one point, you need to let go of the antidote because the antidote itself becomes a a distraction, an obstacle. Yeah. Um, so try it with counting. Uh, you could also label the gap by saying gap. Uh, mm -hmm. When you say there's a lot of things happening, what is that? Uh, what should I do now? Ah, okay, yeah. There is nothing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's an interesting moment because um, this, uh, this gap between the breath actually is a moment where deep insight into the nature of mind could, could arise. Yeah. But we are not there yet. So it is a bit uh, natural that a kind of anxiety arises at that moment because it's it's like really a moment of where the groundlessness opens. There's no there's no me there and no other there. It's like openness. Yeah? So this kind of anxiety uh, is actually a kind of good sign that uh, um, that something starts to reveal itself there, which you are afraid of. Yeah. So try it with counting, try it with um, uh, calling it gap. Another option is that you become curious, more curious about the gap. Because it's not that there is nothing there, but what is there? If you figure that out, <laughs> what is there? Mm -hmm. the, this, this nothing, which is not really nothing, but also it's not something, it's neither nothing nor something. That's, uh, that's the, the non-moving mind. That's the, the clear-light mind of death, or whatever you want to call it. So it's an interesting moment. And what your question shows is that you have mastered uh, this first challenge in this, identifying that gap. Because some people here, they don't know what you're talking about. They have not identified that gap. So it is, it is like a, it is a sign that uh, you have mastered this challenge of identifying the gap. Let's keep it like that for now, and then uh, I will take that question a bit with me. 
I have to do it myself. I have to observe myself what I do with the gap. Then <laughs> <laughs> I can give you a more uh, practical, uh, experiential answer to that. Yeah. But it's a good sign. That question is a good sign. Yes? Mm, when I pay attention to the difference in the sensation between the in and the out breath, should I label it? So to speak. Yeah. For, for now, uh, in this stage, labeling and a bit of self-talk is completely fine. So there, co there could be even something like, yeah, with the out-breath I notice it's a bit more tense, uh, and with the out-breath it's more soft. So this kind of bit of commentary, bit of self-talk, bit of encouragement, in this uh, stage is completely fine. What you don't want to do is uh, make a list of what you're going to cook. But uh, what you're going to meditate, that's, uh, of course, it's something we need to let go of at one point, but for now, this is a helpful technique. Yeah. Yes. Also, like, in between saying, if you kind of want to give yourself a bit of, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to die, or something like that. This kind of, a bit of uh, kind of gentle guidance, uh, that's fine. And labeling is, is, uh, is good, yeah? Mm. Yes. Sometimes during my meditation, and there are so much distractions, mm -hmm. um, then it becomes irritating. And then I think you said, you know, enjoy, put a lot of joy, and then it becomes just a duty to do it, and I'm sitting here, and I'm pretending, yeah. and I'm supposed to do it. It becomes a, sort of a duty that is not fun. Mm. And I think, you know, where is the joy, or enjoy, mm. or... Yeah. So, how to deal with those gross destructions a mm. couple of times. Mm. And yeah. then you said your little list there. Get up and walk with the dog. Do you mean break the meditation and do something else? No. Because uh, if you put the leash on the dog... Yeah, but you can do it mindfully. Okay, so that doesn't... Your advice doesn't mean... No. Uh, stop. No. no. Give up. No. Do it another day. Uh, no. Time. The advice is... Uh, to, uh, to get up, but to do it intentionally and as mindfully as possible. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once you have, uh, once you're out with the dog, uh, and I have to uh, remind myself to send you instruction for walking meditation. Mm -hmm. yeah? So then, then you uh, do the walking meditation. Um, Giving up the meditation is a no in, in, this, in this training. So we don't give up the meditation. So the only bad meditation is the one you don't do. Everything else is already a success. But this so, is about feeling such a, like it is hmm? implied, um, you know, you should do yeah. it. Uh, 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 who is saying how that? How to release that, how yeah. to get that away, because 
and you look at it recognizing its non-static and permanent transient nature. And that's what you do with anything, with everything. You don't exclude anything, but you look at... So this would be now a case where I give you the option of making that which you want to get rid of, actually to put it on the tray. And when you put it on the tray, then that what you want to get rid of becomes actually a support of your meditation. You can cultivate shamatha with meditating on resistance. Does not need to be the breath, does not need to be the Buddha. It can be the most sucking, horrible sensation. It's meaningful about the, the intention because when yeah. I put a lot of energy in my intention, yeah. then it's easier. Yes. So, if you are in a state like that, first it is already a success that you realize that you're in a state like that. So, you realize, wow, I'm completely all over the place, I resist this, and there again, the little girl is there, hello little girl, I give you wine, I give you bread. <laughs> uh, um, so, that's already... Um, a, a, a kind of uh, a success, yeah, that you are aware of what's happening, and then you could, uh, and this this kind of technique we will refine uh, uh, when we work with this material, and then you could say, okay, so what would be a skillful way now to work with this? Yeah, strengthening my attention, giving some space to it looking at the somatic level of this experience, looking into the non-static nature, the vibrational nature of this experience. Not to get rid of it, but to liberate it. Yeah. Yes? For me, is in what you just said, but for another reason, because for me, it's like this what's a really chaotic situation. Some of it out of my control. Mm. <laughs> like uh, I can't sleep enough because of yeah. I have talked about it earlier. My mm. kids with diagnosis that yeah. really put the whole a lot of strain on the whole family, mm. and to be able to help the family and myself, I need this. But mm. it's impossible, both mentally, like this cats. is <laughs> really, I, I, I think I need to put them on the trial. But mm. you also talk about that's coming later. I'm in mm. a major stage. Yeah, but you can already I, do it. I mean, in the way I explained it now. Yeah, yeah? I get some. So, you know. uh, but also you could, if you, I mean, you, you live in a very exhausting life. There's a lot of demands. Mm -hmm. And you say, some of it is not under my control. I have this responsibility. I put on 
I, I brought these children into life, or is it your children? Not biological. Or, I, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. adopted them. I, yeah. yeah. So it's like a contract. You can't get out of it. Yeah. So um, then you could also ask yourself: Is there maybe other activities where, for me, where rather than meditating, which are more suitable for me to use to cultivate stable attention? Mm-hmm. For example. Um, I mean, uh, there's this example of doing the dishes. Maybe you don't do the dishes anymore, but like simple tasks. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, uh, if you have uh, if you have time with your children, like quiet time, you do. Maybe you kind of give them a massage, or you brush their hair, or. You clip their nails, or I don't know, stuff you do. So this kind of activities, because you also, uh, you are a very social person. So for you, it would be, I think, quite easy to be attentive in contact with another person. Mm-hmm. And that that con- connection with with another person can be, is, is a valid object of cultivating shamatha. So you would do the same, okay. So now I, I, I wash this child and I notice, oh, I think about something else. Ah, come back. Yeah. So uh, sometimes it's just, uh, it, sometimes if you would want to introduce a, a daily 45 minutes, uh, minutes sitting in a, in a life like this, wouldn't be helpful. Maybe then 10 minutes and then uh, using things, other things, movement, dancing, listening to music, uh, gardening, riding the bike or whatever. So things as your meditation object. And what is important in, in that, that I'm not saying are this like a kind of second rate, uh, you know, it's not the real thing. No, you need to develop the confidence of being a yogini, a meditation yogini, there, right in the middle of your chaotic life, with the things you have to do anyway. And it's the same preciousness and the same power as if I would sit in a cave and watch the breath. Yeah, There is no difference. I mean, there is a difference, but you can sit in that space with the same kind of confidence and not putting it down. Because that's what I tried to do, like in the car, on the way to job. And yes. But then I think, oh, but this is not good enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good enough. Yes. And also this, yeah. because of a chaotic situation, like every morning is really, then you try to learn to, but it's so difficult to, to like, yeah. have an anchor or something. Yeah. It's like, oh. What if I did I do that? And maybe if I had to, or yeah. I couldn't get him to school, and what, uh, it's like, like that. And it's like, yeah, okay. oh, I need so much to just calm down. Yeah. But it's uh, maybe then finding some sentences, the I am enough or mm-hmm. I love myself, uh, would be a good you know, mantra. The word mantra means mind protection. Mm-hmm. So, uh, So if you would. Um, be in the chaos of your morning, which will fail every morning, <laughs> because there's so many things ca- can go wrong. And it's never, 
It's never the perfect morning, you know, since 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> I phone at 5 o'clock every morning because the kids wake up 6 o'clock. So I put it 5 o'clock to be able to meditate, but then I'm so exhausted. Yeah. So I asked, oh no, no, no. it's 6 yeah. o'clock okay. I didn't do it. And I yeah. tell you, just sleep to the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's much better for your kids. Uh, uh, and then, uh, in, uh, but then in that morning, Try you no, know, you write on your mirror, in the in the, with your lipstick. <laughs> I am enough. I love myself. Yeah. And then, if you make yourself ready for the day, you just look at that. Mantra. You no, know, the ma mantra is in in the Tibetan tradition, is a meditation object like all the other objects. It's, you don't need to watch the breath. Yeah? And then you can maybe have short, uh, short sittings, uh, but you have, to, you, make, you have to be really flexible and creative there, you know, using whatever is nurturing for you from the different stuff you get from the Tibetan toolbox, things I've taught you and, and stuff like this. So just ju just be flexible with that. And uh, yeah, and then uh, maybe at one point you might be able to make some time for retreat and then you take the nine sheets with you. And, uh, and then because you have, uh, you have um, created so much positive energy, it's like one week retreat and BOOM! <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. Um, I have a different experience when uh, I close my eyes or whether mm. they're open. Yeah. It's, it's really different and I think the mind tends to shut down easier if I close the mm. eyes. Yeah, so I'm not sure whether I should alternate somehow, mm. whether I should have an object outside somehow, which or just a dot, you know, just like here I'm just looking at a dot at mm. or, uh, or, or a candle or something which kind of can help me to yeah. wake up uh, from, from the, the dullness yeah. and to alternate or mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's really different because I so I, I go into the breath and I try to feel it uh, physically, but there are, then the mind, well, it behaves differently, whether it's open and mm. stable or whether mm. it's closed eyes, it's much more, it, I see things and I was like, it's really... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, uh, a good uh, thing to bring up. Uh, the sitting with open and closed eyes and to experiment with it um, and uh, to see what, what is conducive for you. In the Tibetan tradition, the tendency is more to sit with open eyes because it's a Mayana practice, so you don't want to disconnect from the world, but you want to stay involved and you want to bring the, the results of stable attention into relationships. So, and if you're in relationship, you're not saying, okay, just a moment. <laughs> but you need to do it right there on the spot and then 
Uh, so the open eyes has also a symbolic meaning from, from the Tibetan. And then the brightness, that's one thing. The, another thing, then, so there's different ways. Sorry, that's the last thing I, I, I can answer tonight. There's so a possibility to just leave the eyes a little open so that some light comes in. Then there's a possibility to use a visual object as a shamatha object. So that would be the candle or the flower. Yeah, it's it's not so widespread as in in Buddhism, but it's being used. I can send out uh, some instruction around that. You can find some some. I will. I think I can find some instruction around how to use a visual object. Yeah. So that's one possibility. The other is to sit with open eyes, but to have a relaxed and open focus, not particular focusing on anything, and the object is the breath, yeah? And uh, so that's different possibilities, just to play with it and see what works for you, what nurtures you, where you feel, uh, I want to explore this a lot, a, a, a bit more. So there's really like time for us to play with things and, and, and try different things, yeah? So. It keeps our mind also alert and curious, and it's a bit, you know, entertainment, a bit fun to do things like that. And, um, but is it, um, should I choose an object for, for the sitting, or should I kind of alternate if, you know, if it starts to close down? Because I think, mm. so when we sit here and we talk, I, mm. and I think I'm, I'm not only staring at the dot, but I'm, I'm also feeling the breath yeah. at the same time while I stare at the dot. Yeah. But I am not particularly interested in the dot. No. I see the peripheral that's, yeah. at so, the same time. Mm, that's good. So that's good. You have the, you have the, the tray and that's the breath, but you use uh, the side uh, as a support for a kind of a stable stabilization. Yeah. And also it helps you to bring this uh, awareness of peripheral, the attention to peripheral awareness into the game. So, so, it, it's, it, uh, uh, so it sounds good. It is a possibility to actually make a visual object the object. So to put that on the tray, that's also a possibility. Uh, and it's also a possibility to kind of uh, respond to what is happening in the meditation. So maybe in the beginning it's helpful to have the eyes closed, you become in contact with the body, like for the anti-protocol, and then you notice, uh, oh now, so now it's time to, uh, because you, you get too much uh, entangled in your thinking, or you say maybe you are and maybe you have kind of visions and stuff coming up, yeah? So for some people that happens. And, and then it might be helpful to just open the eyes so that you can keep the breath on the tray. Okay, last question. I was thinking of the gap. Yeah. Someone mentioned it was a little bit scary. Yeah. But I, I can feel the free sense. That's also a possible response, yes. Like, like say, like mm. nothing and everything. Mm. Actually, at the same time. Both are good signs. Yeah, the the anxiety is a good sign. 
and that is also a good sign. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and for some people, both happens, uh, so it's it's different. But uh, both uh, both uh, are signs for uh, yeah that something is happening, so, some something some insight is emerging.